You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Well, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Good. Man, I am energized. That was some worship, church. That was good. I'm glad to be here with you and hear your voices singing. Um, my name is Jonathan. I serve as the executive pastor here at North Valley, and I'm excited to be here. We embrace a team teaching model, and what that does is uh, Pastor Ryan has turned his focus this week towards grand open, not grand opening, fall kickoff that's coming up in September. And so uh, we we like to share responsibilities, and that gives him time to prepare. So that as we move into uh, September, we're going to be engaging our community, our community, and inviting them to join us for church on Sunday morning, just like Pastor. Randy said um, we're moving to a 9 o'clock service and a 10.30. So next week, if you show up at 10, you're smack dab um, at the end of one, but you're in time for another. So um, do make plans to either come at 9 o'clock or 10.30. But if you come at 10, uh, we'll, we'll hang out and chat for a little bit until the 10.30 service kicks off, all right? Well, who uh, has enjoyed watching the Olympic Games? Yes. Like... I saw somebody on Facebook uh, make a comment that said, we need to have a normal person engage in every um, kind of uh, athletic feat that the the gymnasts and the swimmers and the runners are doing just so we can like have some comparison because when you're watching the Olympic athletes go, um, it's, they're still within an elite crew. And so if we, like, if I were to go jump into the Olympic games, you guys would be able to see just how incredible these athletes are. (laughs) but I'm not going to do that because, uh, yeah, I, I would get smoked. Um, but you know what really fascinates me is the backstory. And, and news today helps us gather the backstory. But I'm, I'm always curious, like, from uh, the London Olympic Games to Rio, four years, what's going on with these athletes in between? Because we see the highlights, right? We see the, the gold medals being given out, but I'm always curious that backstory. And what was fascinating is as I'm kind of reading up on, on what's going on with some of these Olympic athletes, um, it's so interesting to me, kind of the juxtaposition, and, I, and I, I don't usually pay this close attention to it, but if I were to say the name Michael Phelps, raise your hand if you know who I'm talking about right? Everybody. The most decorated Olympic athlete of all times. What is he at? 28 medals. I think 23 of them are gold now. Um, The most decorated Olympic athlete of all times. Um, But if I were to say Missy Franklin, raise your hand if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, a few of you, but not many. Missy Franklin was the darling of the London Games. She was a swimmer that just catapulted into gold in the London games, but in Rio, we don't hear anything. Or if you do hear something, you're reading the articles like I did that talked about her failures this year. And I'm curious, I don't know her backstory, but between London to Rio, something didn't happen in her training or in her life. Something was missing and she didn't get in the game. She in fact, her, some of her prize races that she won in London, she didn't even qualify for. And her only success in the Rio Games came on a team event. So while she was a player, she wasn't the player. She was a piece of that team, but she didn't achieve the success that she did in the London Games this year. But then you have next to Missy Franklin is a story of Michael Phelps. And I don't know if you guys have heard kind of the buzz going on with Michael Phelps, but in 2014, halfway between London and Rio games, he hit the bottom. In fact, the story is he was sitting in his room contemplating suicide. 
he had reached such a low spot in his life. But along, something happened in his life in between the two games. It, during the backstory, something happened, and he is now a, the most decorated Olympic athlete. Now, he didn't necessarily have to do, that, do well in Rio to gain that status, but he did. In his train from 2014, just to two years, from 2014 to 2016, something amazing happened, and he got in the game. He dominated the game. I think we can identify with that, whether we can identify with the uh, athletic, seeming unhuman or inhuman feats of these athletes. We can identify with hitting lows and hitting highs. And, and whatever it takes to get out of the low to the high, um, you might experience that in your job. Maybe you experience that in your family life. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe your education. But I think we can all identify with hitting that low what does it take to get from that low to get back into the game, the game of life? What does it take? Well, the Apostle Peter, as we've been in the book of Acts, um, the Apostle Peter is going to help us out today. We're going to um, look at three aspects of getting back in the game and what that takes. And so as I was reading about Missy Franklin, something happened. She didn't get in the game this year for the, for the Rio Olympic Games. But Michael Phelps had the complete opposite experience. And in, as we continue, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3 this morning. We're going to see that same kind of juxtaposition. There's going to be a group of people that aren't in the game, and there's going to be an individual who, who is in the game. And what I want to do is, as we unpack chapter 3 in the book of Acts, I want to highlight for you what the differences are between these two groups. And I think it's going to be helpful to us and encourage us, um, wherever you may find yourself in life, um, getting out of that low, whether you're in it now or you're going to experience it later, what is it going to take for you to get in the game? Specifically as North Valley Church, we are looking down the fall, what we would call the fall semester. We're all kind of getting back into some sort of rhythm. If you're a family and have kids, I know that you're getting into the rhythm of getting those kids in school. Maybe they've got homework. What's this new rhythm? I think there's some of you might experience sports teams with your kids. They're going to be getting in a rhythm. Um, maybe it's in your job. You're just trying to get in the game with your job. Whatever the case may be, let's look to see what um, is necessary to get in the game. So I'm going to be in Acts chapter 3. Um, we're in verse 11. I'd ask you, would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to read from verse 11 all the way to verse 26. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry. We've got the passage up on the screens behind me. And uh, let's see uh, what God would have for us today. So Acts chapter 3, verse 11. While he clung to Peter and John, so remember, this is the lame man who was just healed by Peter, utterly ast- all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Verse 19. 
Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you. Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Let me pray for us this morning. God, thank you for this morning that we have together. I pray that in these next few moments as we're unpacking from chapter three out of the book of Acts, that we would very clearly understand what your game plan is and how we play a part of that. Would you help us to understand how we get in the game with what you have already been planning and doing, that we might participate with you in the glorious work of being a witness to this world that needs to know about Jesus. God, be helpful to us, help us to learn well today, and then go out from this place and be North Valley Church, a light unto this community. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Why don't you have a seat? Well, remember, in, as we started the book of Acts, Acts 1-8 is kind of some marching orders for us. I'm going to refer to that in just a minute. Um, but this passage here, uh, Peter is, again, there's a lame man that has just been healed. And Peter's explaining to the crowd. The crowd is astounded and wondering what's going on. He's explaining to them what's going on. Now, I kind of like Peter. He's, uh, he's, a, he's one of the disciples that doesn't hold, hold back any punches. I mean, he lays right into these people. For us, it may be a little bit hard to understand what's going on, so I'm going to kind of briefly summarize, but it's fascinating um, to, to understand what Peter's really saying to this crowd here, okay? So, this crowd is a predominantly Jewish crowd. When we, if you were with us in Acts chapter 2, Pastor Ryan was talking as, explaining to us as Peter was talking to a crowd, there were a lot of different people there from different nations, different people groups. Now we're back to primarily one people group. It was, it was the Jews. Um, it was the nation of Israel. And so Peter um, is reminding them of a long history that they have. And what he's doing here is he's helping remind them that God has a game plan and that they are a critical part of that game plan. God chose and said, I want you, nation of Israel, to be my light unto the world. I want you to be the ones that are my witnesses to who I am as God so that all the other nations would know what's going on. Um, So look down at verse 25. It says, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's a quote from Genesis chapter 22, where God told this guy, Abraham, Abraham, he said, hey, listen, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you with a lot of kids, and you're going to be a blessing to the other nations. But wrapped up in that is you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to, you're going to be the testimony to all the other peoples in the world that I am God. And so Peter's reminding this crowd of that. He's like, that is who you are. You are the witnesses, but there's a problem here. You're missing God's game plan. So um, if we, if we back, back up, he starts in verse 13, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. These are all of the, kind of this lineage for the nation of Israel. Um, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied 
So right there, we have a problem. Here's this group of people that though they should be in this long history of being witnesses, when God's chosen one, when Jesus came, um, they denied that he was part of God's plan. They stepped out from being in the game with God. They stepped back and said, that's not the game we're playing. And so we have this problem. In fact, Peter goes on. I mean, he just lays it out for him, guys. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Do you remember that story? Jesus is before, uh, they, the, the Jews hand Jesus over to Pilate and, and Pilate's like asking all these questions. And he's like, guys, I don't, I don't know what you're doing here, but I don't find anything wrong with this guy. Like what he's saying, who he is, I don't find anything wrong. There's nothing I can do with him. And the crowd starts yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And so Pilate gets a little scared. I probably would too. And he's like, well, what do I do? And so he kind of gives them a choice. Well, the choice was a murderer or Jesus. And this crowd chose the murderer. The crowd chose death over life. Isn't that interesting? Choosing death over life. So God's game plan is in action and this crowd steps out of it. Um, But one of the interesting things is who's telling this story? I mean, who's, who's this story about? Peter is the one talking. Do you remember Peter? Do you remember this, this is the same crowd that was, Peter was hearing from and Jesus is being questioned. And Peter is the one that Jesus looks at him and says, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter did. Peter's in the same boat as this crowd. He was part of God's game plan. Jesus said, Peter, come follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And Peter was part of the game plan. It got a little rough and he goes, ooh. God, I don't really want to play that game. And he denies him. Peter and the crowd are in the same position, denying Jesus. But now, fast forward a few years later, something changes. The crowd's in the same position. The crowd has still stepped out of the game plan, but all of a sudden now Peter's in the game. What changed? Here's what I believe is going on kind of behind the scenes is Peter has adopted and held tightly to the reality that his core identity is to be a witness. That that is part of God's game plan. So he's a witness, right? Remember in Acts chapter one, verse eight, this is what it says, but you, Jesus is talking to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The same guy, Jesus, talked to Peter and talked to the crowd. The crowd stayed out of the game plan. They denied Jesus. They said, no, that's not the game we're playing. Peter, at this point, adopts that. As his core identity, he understands and holds tightly to the fact that he's a witness. That's us, North Valley. We need to adopt that our core identity, you need to adopt that your core identity is a witness. If you want to be in God's game plan, you have to hold tightly to the fact that you're a witness. It's not just a role that you play. It's not something you step into and step out of. The crowd didn't want to have anything to do with it. You've got to embrace it and hold tightly to it because it's going to get rough. Michael Phelps has held tightly to the fact that he's a swimmer. He reached bottom, but then I believe what helped Michael Phelps come out of that, well, most definitely one in the story is he found Jesus. 
Somebody said, you have more meaning to life than just being a swimmer. But that got him out of the low. For us, when, you've, when you face the low of maybe your business isn't going right, maybe your family's not going right, you have to hold tightly the fact that you're a witness of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Messiah that was sent. So that's number one. You are a witness. Um, even uh, what uh, kind of the critique against the crowd that's going on, they had warnings. They had warnings time and time again. Even if we were to go back into the Gospels of the same story, the, the guy that comes on the scene before Jesus is John the Baptist. And he's telling people, hey, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And he even tells them in Luke chapter 3, he says, don't hold on to the fact that you are the, son of, the sons of Abraham. Because God has a plan through Abraham to bless the nations. But if you hold so tightly to just what you think God was doing and you miss the trajectory of the Messiah that's coming, if you miss that Jesus is coming, God will raise up stones (laughs) to be his witnesses. He doesn't have to use you, but God has chosen to. So what we see is we see a group of people that have this long history and tradition and trajectory, and they're holding so tightly to that that they're missing the game plan that's unfolding right now in their very lives because they're so focused on the past. And I wonder how many times we are so focused on the past. Maybe we've had past success. Maybe we've kind of found the groove that works for us and God starts doing something new and we're not willing to try something new. We just want to sit and hold on to what we've done before. Again, I don't know the story. I wonder if that's what's going on or what happened with Misty Franklin. I wonder if she held on to the London success, the gold she won in London and didn't really see what was developing and the changes that she needed to make to get to Rio. You are a witness, number one. God, to to summarize in in chapter three, what's going on, some of this is basically, here's here's what Peter says. God told you what was coming. God told you what was coming through the mouthpiece of all these prophets. Guys that would say, hey, this is what's coming. Jesus fulfilled what God told you was coming and you just denied it. You missed it. So you are a witness. Hold tight to that. Hold tight to that. Number two, this is what it takes to get out of the slump, to get into the game, to join God in his game plan. So from the historical side, we see God has always had a game plan and he's inviting us into it to be the witnesses. Number two, I'm stealing this from Ryan, unashamedly. It's just so good, got to go there. We have to live in the faith zone, not the safe zone. That's number two, friends. Do you see the difference? Imagine being a part, this crowd is gathered and people start, somebody yelled crucify him and then somebody else joined in and then the chant gets louder and it gets louder and it gets louder. And I think, all of us at some point have been faced with this. Do you, do you jump in with the crowd? Because you kind of don't want to go against that wave. Or do you not jump in the crowd? Peter jumped in with the crowd. Peter's like, no, no, I don't know that Jesus. I'm not with him. But then something changed. And now Peter is saying, brothers, he's identifying himself with the people, but he goes, you missed it, but I didn't. Because now I'm going to be the witness. That is living in the faith zone. That's scary because that same crowd that turned on Jesus could turn on him. They could say, oh, you're with that guy. We killed him. 
you're nobody. <laughs> we can take you out real fast. Here's, here's how we know that Peter's living in the faith zone. So he's walking into the temple. Remember from last week with Pastor Ryan, as we're talking about, we see this lame man sitting there. It says he's been lame since birth. He's been coming there year after year after year. Do you wonder how Peter knew that he was going to be healed or that he could heal him? I, I would kind of be a little curious. Like, how is this... Is this guy really going to get healed? But look at, look, look, look at verse uh, 18, I mean 16. Here's the key. And his name, by faith in his name. Who's the name here? This is the name of Jesus. If I jump back over to um, the beginning of chapter 3 where Peter's talking to the lame man, verse 6. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Peter's operating in the faith zone. Because what's his very, as, he, as the people are gathering around, he's like, hey, um, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though, as though, like, I've done something great here? Peter distances himself from the miracle in the sense, like, I didn't do this. Jesus did this. It's faith in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the power source. Faith is the avenue to access that power. So this healing doesn't just happen because Peter was somebody special. This thing happens because Jesus is somebody special. So for us to live in the faith zone, we've got to be tapping into the power of Jesus. But that's kind of out there, right? Like it's tough to be concrete. So let me try to help us out here. What does it look like for you and for me to live in the faith zone? I think number one, it's a confidence. It's a confidence in Jesus that he is who he says he was. But it's not just a confidence like, yes, that, that is who Jesus is. It's a dependence on him. This whole miracle could have gone south if Jesus didn't show up. Peter could have been like, rise up and walk, and the guy's like, I still am lame. No one's wondering about that. Peter had a complete confidence in Jesus and a complete dependence on Jesus. And then third, here's the piece that I'm, I'm not sure that we get because I know I don't get it. It's an expectation from Jesus that he's going to do something amazing. See, Jesus doesn't want to operate in your safe zone. You can do that. Jesus wants to operate in our faith zone because only he can do that. So I might have a complete confidence in Jesus. I might even have a complete dependence on Jesus. But if I don't expect Jesus to do something amazing, why will he? Why will Jesus do something amazing if we're not expecting it? But it's not just a random expectation. We have the scripture that shows what Jesus wants to do in the lives of individuals. So number two, friends, let's live in the faith zone, not the safe zone. Let's completely depend on Jesus. Let's have complete confidence in Jesus. And let's expect from Jesus that he's going to do something amazing in our life and in the lives of those around us. I believe that Jesus is going to show up. There's only one Jesus, but he's going to show up and he's going to use you, right? Because remember, the, the game plan is that God wants to work through people. 
from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Genesis 22, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation. Acts 1.8, disciples, but now we're leading into the church. You're going to be my witnesses. I'm going to do something amazing that you get to testify about. You get to tell people about. All right, number three. There's got to be a change in your thinking. We don't see Peter sitting by the sidelines anymore saying, no, I don't know that Jesus. We see Peter in the game, depending on Jesus Christ, having complete faith in him, but there's been a change, and that change begins with how he thought. Look at verse 19. Let me back up 18. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back. That's a 180. But sometimes what I think happens in our lives is we think, I'm going to change my behavior. Whoop. And we start walking another way, but then whatever it was that enticed us, we turn back to. Because we haven't yet changed our thinking, we've only changed behavior. Our thinking is going to lead our behavior. So Peter changed his thinking, but the crowd didn't. So the crowd that yelled, crucified Jesus, the crowd that knew from the Old Testament backwards and forwards, they knew who God was through their, their father was Abraham. They have all these prophets telling them time and time again, hey, this is what's coming. This is what's coming. Watch for it. Watch for it. Watch for it. They missed it. They didn't adjust their thinking. They didn't change their thinking. They're still so wrapped up in this like uh, religious practices, these behaviors that they missed what God was doing and were unwilling to try to jump in with what God was doing in their day today. Friends, I don't want to miss what God is doing today. I don't want to be so wrapped up in one way of thinking that I'm not willing to change how I think in order to participate with God in what he's doing today. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. God has this game plan that's at play, and part of that game plan is working through people. Part of that game plan is saying, I'm going to use you to do something amazing. I was talking with, uh, with the pastors, with Ryan and Ian and Randy, and um, I kind of posed this question about what was going on behind the scenes, and, uh, and they raised a really good, a good issue that I hadn't really wrestled through yet. This guy, this lame man that's been at the temple day by day by day, why didn't Jesus heal him? Why is he still lame? Jesus, Jesus went to the temple multiple times. And he never healed this lame man. And so I'm not going to say that I know the answer to that because I don't. That's not one of the kind of the, the focus of the passage. But uh, he, here's a, a potential that was posed that I think is just fascinating. Remember, Peter was on the sidelines. And then things began to change. But I wonder if this man, if God had planned to use Peter to heal this man, not Jesus. And so Jesus left this man lame so that Peter 
clearly had his opportunity to show that he's in the game. To show that he completely depended on Jesus. That he had complete confidence in Jesus. And then the expectation was that Jesus was going to act to heal this man. It's a fascinating thought. I don't want to go down that road too far because we can't, we can't tell definitively. But what I do know is that that parallel runs true for each one of you here today. That God wants to use you in an amazing way and there's things that he has left undone because he's planning on you doing them. But it's going to be his power through you. That's what we're talking about, empowered. As the Holy Spirit empowers us, God wants to use you to do something. It's going to be his power because it's in the faith zone, not the safe zone. And you are the witness to it. You are the witness to it. Guys, at North Valley, we have a game plan too. We have a game plan that we are the light to this community, to the North Valley. It, it looks like this, gather, grow, go. We want to gather people to worship Jesus. We want all of us to grow in Christ-centered maturity, where Jesus Christ is at the center of all that we do. And we want to go on mission. We want to go into ministry. We want to go into our areas of influence and allow God to work through us as we're in the faith zone to see God move in mighty, powerful ways. To do the thing that God seemingly has left undone, that he's just waiting for us to jump in the game, get in the game with him and say, I'm going to do this through you. That's what I see before us this fall. That's what I see looking down this fall going, what is the amazing thing God is going to do through me, through you, through us? What is he going to do? It's going to be awesome as we hold tightly to the fact that we are witnesses. As we operate in the faith zone, get out of the safe zone. As we change our thinking because God's doing something awesome. So as we walk into the fall, we're going to invite you and we're going to invite our community. Try something new. I don't know what that looks like for you. What we love to do is say, what's your next step? What's your next step? I think there's probably a couple of, couple of groups of us in here today. There's probably some of us that are really curious. We're like that crowd. We're kind of in wondering, what's going on here? And so you showed up. I think maybe a great next step for you is to commit to showing up a lot. Be regular. Learn. See what's going on. Test it out. Have an expectation from Jesus this fall that he's going to do something and you're going to see it. Maybe some of us have been here for a while. Maybe some of us have been here a while, but we've kind of adopted that spectator mentality. Like, I'm here and I want to see what's going on. Well, you've seen it. You've seen it. So now it's time to stop watching. Now it's time to say, I've seen it. I want to be a part of it. I'm getting in the game with it. I don't know exactly where that's going to be. Yeah, come on. This is Jesus. This isn't me. I don't know where that's going to be, but God does. 
And I guarantee you, we all know there's something that seems left undone until you come along because God wants to use you to do it. He doesn't want to use me. So I'm not going to do it. Pastor Ryan's not going to do it. Pastor Ian's not going to do it. Pastor Randy's not going to do it. God wants to use you to do it. So let's get out of the spectator mentality and let's jump in the game. Some of us are already in the game. To you, I applaud you. But I want to challenge you too. Because for us, we can become the crowd that says, Abraham's my father. And we lose sight of what God is doing now because he might change a what he's doing or how he wants to use you. And if we're not willing to change how we think, we're going to miss what God's doing today. Missy Franklin was the darling of the London Olympics. Five medals, four of them gold. And she didn't even qualify for some of the races that she medaled in this year. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to have been in the game but miss out on what God's doing and not see the wonderful success that God has through you this fall. So we all kind of have a spot. We might be curious about what's going on. Keep coming. We might be spectators sitting on the sideline. It's time to take a step in. We're a team at North Valley. There's a spot for you. We have a lot of amazing environments and opportunities for you. You've been hearing about them. I hope you have a generosity jar set up at your home. It's got at least $1 in it if you were here with us that week. We have neighborhood groups that will be kicking off. We have ministry teams to serve on. We have people that we can bless and help change and transform their lives. So there's not, what I know is there's not a lack of opportunity. But you've got to change your thinking to get off the sidelines. Because it is comfortable. But there's more fruitful places for you to be. We've got classes that are going to be kicking off. So if you're in the game and you want to be trained, we've got that too. And together, the team, North Valley Community Church, is going to be a light into this community because we are part of God's game plan. And we're excited to be doing it. And what we're excited is that it's not just this, like, machine that moves forward. It's individuals. Individuals that are placed in key locations. I don't believe any one of you are here by accident today. And I don't believe any one of you have a job that's by accident today. And I don't think any one of you have a family that's by accident today. I think God has a game plan that he's rolling out and he's positioned North Valley people in jobs, in communities, in neighborhoods, in uh, family structures that have people that are like the lame man. And God says, I haven't changed their life yet because I'm waiting to work through you. Let's go do this thing, guys. Let's get in the game. This fall, let's get in the game. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning for this time to read from your scripture and to see how you've been moving, how you've had a game plan. And we want to move into that game plan. 
So God, for each one of us here, would you help in our own minds finish the statement, I will blink. Fill in that blank for us, Lord Jesus. So this year would be a fruitful fall for your glory, God. That your name would be great, that we would be the witnesses to the Savior, Jesus Christ. God, we pray this not by our own power, but as we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what you would do through us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.